Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of Sausage on a Fork, and it is a first in this episode <laughs> of Sausage on a Fork. It's the first time I've been joined by someone who played a pupil that went to another school and didn't join Grange Hill at some point. I've <laughs> been joined by none other than Danny Cunningham, who played Liam. Danny, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Thank you for having me, Neil. Not at <laughs> all. Not at all. What we'll do, Danny, is we'll start the way we start every episode. And yeah, sure. you can tell us how you first got into acting. Mm. Well, my mother used to work at the Alhambra Theatre in Bradford. Right. She was she was a dancer when she was a young girl as well. Then she got married, had kids and stuff. And, uh-huh. and I came with the youngest of six kids. Right. So I was like a living doll for my older brothers and sisters anyway. <laughs> right, okay. Used to dress me up as a diddy man and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of I, I kind of had no choice. And then as a young kid, I used to go to the Alhambra quite a lot in Bradford, which is a wonderful theatre. Still go there now. We've actually got a plaque on there for my mum. Um, uh, we had a wake there as well. And uh, so I used to go and see a lot of shows. Kind of got the bug for that there. I started going to a little drama group in Bradford as a very young lad at uh, the Bradford Playhouse. Right. And then I started to, I was always a, because my mum was a dancer, all my brothers were, and sisters were, it was always a lively household for that kind of stuff. Right, okay. Lots lots of different kinds of music, so the dancing was always a thing. Yeah. So I danced, I sung. I went to a little sort of theatre school in, in, in Bradford first, Wilson's. He just retired last year, actually, Gordon Wilson, an amazing teacher. Uh, so I kind of got the bug for all for, for all, all the sort of the, all the arts that way. Right. And then started doing a few amateur stuff in Bradford for all the different, you know, the heat and amateurs, uh, uh, the Catholic players, things like that, doing different shows. And then, yeah, just got the bug that way. Started dancing and singing and acting five nights a week. Wow. Every night, Monday to Friday, sometimes on a Saturday, always doing shows as well as playing rugby. I was lucky because the school I went to, Nabwood, they finished at 2.30 in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, like continental times. Yeah. So I could still go and do a bit of rugby and then go and do the go, go and do the other bit, you know, oh, the other stuff later on. <laughs> for a bit, anyway, I managed to do it for a while. And then um, after a couple of years of doing a few uh, local shows, I went and auditioned for Italia Conte. Right. I got in there. I was very lucky. I got a... a uh, uh, a grant from Bradford Council, one of the last people to get with them. And I'm always very grateful to Bradford Council for that. And uh, yeah, went to Vitalia Conti. Brilliant. Went there at about 13, 14. Uh, lived with the family, the Jasses. But and Vera Jasses from the Isle of Dogs, they were lovely. <laughs> Alan, I lived with them for uh, quite a few years. Alan went to the school as well. And so, yeah, did a sort Brilliant. of Whittington, went down to London with my cap in hand. <laughs> And started at Italia Conti at quite a young age. Oh, tremendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and so did you get much work then? Well, yeah, because they had an agency. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm now represented by Gaynor Stewart again now. I'm back with SCA Management. So right. I've sort of gone full circle and she's, uh, yeah, we've known each other a long, long time. Um, so they have an they had an agency. And within about, probably about three months, I've been at Italia Conti. I started working. Brilliant. Straight away, just a couple of commercials. Because in Bradford, I, used to do, I was never the best, but I used to do a bit of breakdancing. Oh, right, okay. So, so that was my in to like a little, you know, little niche market. Yeah. 
So I did a couple of couple of commercials, uh, things like that, and then uh, obviously dancing as well. I was on the Hot Shoe Show with Wayne Sleep. Did a bit of tap on that, and then, right. and then a bit a bit of a, a bit of break dancing on that, and then yeah, just uh, constantly kept uh, getting little bits and bobs. Did a few little dramas. Did a thing called Timmy and Vicky, uh-huh. which was uh, a nice sort of educational drama. Uh, we filmed that in the first summer. That was in London. Uh, yeah, and it just uh, it just snowballed from there. Yeah, and, and were, were you at Italia Conti with anyone who we might we might know we might have heard of? Oh, mate, when I first went there, Brain Jewel was a massive show. Yeah, a massive show. Anyway, Phil Redmond's a genius, absolute yeah. genius. Yeah. When I was a kid, watching Grain Jewel was was a must. Right. I know some 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 kids didn't get to watch it because the parents thought it was a bit risque at the time, but yeah. it dealt with all the issues that that we were going through. So as a kid, you, you, you empathised with it, and they empathised with you, and it was a great drama. So when I first went to Italia Concert, one of my best pals, I think you did an interview with him, Vincent, Vincent Matthews. Yeah, Vinny, <laughs> good lad. And, and he was like, <laughs> I'd been watching him on telly, you know, yeah. and then he's my pal, and he's yeah. a great guy, Vince. And Lisa Yoke. Right, know? yeah. I was like, I was like and, and obviously uh, George, uh, who played uh, George Armstrong, God rest yeah. his soul, big people in my life. As a kid, I watched yeah. them. In my living room, and now I was at school with them. Yeah, and they were my mates, you know. Yeah, and I, it, yeah. So there was always a bit of a bar for that sort of, you know. Grand Jill was the it was the show, you know. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay. In that sort of in those sort of circles, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but so yeah. you, you mentioned some of the jobs that that you got. Now you were in a program called a uh, Comrade Dad. Oh, uh, I forgot all about that. Right. Now, that, I, that George Cole. It was George Cole. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. get to work with him. But because, I, I, I'm only asking that because you're credited as being boy with balloon. So, <laughs> without being audible, I, I, I don't think it was a massive part that you're asking. There's no so, such thing as small parts. <laughs> and I'm only about five foot five. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get to work with, with, with him at all? Like? Well, on that one, I remember that, and it was a yeah, I did. I got to work with him, but I was on a, in a long shot. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> and I remember being in the hotel waiting for hours. There was some, as there are sometimes, problems with weather when you've got exterior shots, and it went on for ages and ages. And then they brought me out and just did a quick shot, and that was it. So I didn't really, I can't <laughs> say I worked with him such on that job. Right. But then I went back a few years after. What was the name of the job? It was playing another kind of, like his kind of spib character, a businessman. I can't remember what it was called. But I did another job with him when I was older, in my 20s. Okay. All right, okay. And was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and you also, you you, you, were, you promoted there from Boy With Balloon to Youth. You played Youth when um, you were in an episode of Bread. <laughs> as well. That no, was my I, first ever. Because I have to talk about Bread. Sorry, what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, mate, no, I, absolutely. Uh, again, Carla Lane. Uh, yeah. See, uh, it was that was one of my that was that was my first ever speaking role on TV. I think. Right. Wow. Can I tell you the line? I remember. Yeah. Really. Go ahead. Go for it. So Aveline's walking down the road, like you know, she's walking. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the tasty. Excuse my. You know, I was in character. Right. Okay. And and, and I turned around to her. I said, I'm, "I'm a little nipper at that time, you know." And I turned around. And she's she's doing a little strut down the street, like she's going down a catwalk. And, and I turned around. And I go, eh, "How about it, three half? <laughs> and she turns out at me and goes. Isn't it time you went home and got your great water? That was it. Brilliant. So that, that was would it. have been that would have been Jilly Coleman as well, was it? Yes. That was a, no, not yeah. Melanie Hill. It would have been Jilly yeah. Coleman. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And then 
the next one. I've got to talk about this because I found this out the other day, and you know I found this out because I messaged you about this because I didn't believe that it was true, but you were in uh-huh. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, man. And, yeah. and that genuinely blew my uh-huh. mind because I, I yeah. must have watched that film yeah. hundreds of times, and I yeah. never knew you were in it. It blew my mind when I did it. And not only am I in it, my one of my my uh, my niece's son, so my, my, my great nephew, he sourced an episode of uh, Family Guy, right. and that scene that scene. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But mic drop. I'm done, mate. I'm done. I've been on Family Guy. Brilliant. <laughs> because for anyone that doesn't know, can you tell the people listening what scene you're in in Little Shop of Horrors? It's the do scene when when he first finds the plant, finds Audrey too, and he buys the plant. And there's a little scene where there's there's, there's a few guys stood in a row and, and they think, good for you, do-do-do-do-do, good for you, do-do-do-do. Danny John Jules was in it as well. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was a funny thing at the audition for that, we all went to an open audition at Pineapple, as you did back then, uh-huh. and there were a few of us from college went. So I've gone in the lineup, got kicked out, got kicked out of the audition. Not You don't take it personally, it's just what it is, you know, it's a bit yeah. of a cattle market. So I'm sat at the back of the studio, and then they're trying to work out the you know the the uh, the heights of people and trying to get people to match. And then the, one of the one of the lads that was in the lineup was actually one of the crew, and he wanted to do a scene in it. So that you know, and because of his size, I think they were they were having a bit of a discussion. And the point to me and went, actually, can you come back in the line? <laughs> and it was as simple as that, mate. Brilliant. And, then I, and that was it. And then I had a week at we had a week at Pinewood Studios and the 007 Studio. And it was epic, mate. It was unbelievable. The sets were like, it was like West Side Story. Yeah. Amazing sets. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And, you know, work at Frank Oz there, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Between shots, he was playing catch with a with a, with a, with a baseball glove and, and the cameraman. There's like millions of pounds worth of equipment. Yeah. This, you know, <laughs> and they're just, you know, playing catch with a ball between it. it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite something. And quite... so is that you on the record as well then? No, no, no. Oh, right. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. No, we just mind. Right, okay. And what are the, I mean, and, it could have been. I was I was up for it. You know what I mean? I, 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 <laughs> and what, what are the reasons why I think I've never recognised you on that? Because you've got a magnificent head of hair in that. Like, I've got a bleached white flat top. Yeah, I look yes. like Billy Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Um, so we'll move on then. A couple of years later, there was all the bits like, Rockless Babies and, and, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Ian Hogg, great actor, really nice guy. Um, really nice fella, sweet fella. But you were also in an episode of the Comics Strip Presents. Yes. Um, did you kill my brother? Did you kill my walk. brother? Yeah, yeah. Alexis Sale. Alexis yeah. Sale, it was the one. And, and Beryl Reed, Peter yeah. Richardson's in it, Dexter Fletcher. Yeah. Who was Dexter Fletcher was in everything, wasn't he? Oh, right. Well, Dexter like, Fletcher's a genius, mate. And look at the movies he's doing now. Yeah, just, that, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. But also, yeah. Maluki Christie yes. was in that, who'd been in yeah. Angel as yeah. well. Also, and, I'll tell you who else is in that scene, and he'd only just started acting, Eddie Marsan. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, yeah, because Eddie Marsan, he, he turned up in Grangel for a bit. Did well. he? I never knew yeah. that. Yeah, he wow. was there. Uh, he played. He played an older brother of one of the one of the kids in the school. Wow! Well, three never... or four, wow. four episodes there. Yeah. Exercise the school day, son. Isn't it just? And then I get, as I say, like I know we talked about the boy, boy, boy with balloon and the youth and <laughs> in that comic strip, you were youth in restaurants, youth in Chinese. Oh, restaurants. Man, it's all the classics, mate. Um, all the classics. You, there was an episode of a program called Stolen, 
where your characters credited as Job. <laughs> I, I I remember this. You were in. You played a burglar in Harry Enfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I can vaguely remember it, but I can't feel yeah. like we remember which character. You it was with be. the old. It was with the two old gits. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So someone someone knocked on their door first, and then that uh, uh, sales call. So then I knocked on the door. And it was quite surreal. And one of them, you know, you do that. It's, it's live studio audience. audience. So you, you rehearse all week and then you film it on the weekend, you know. I had a few yeah. pals came to watch it as well. So what was lovely about that is I, it was the first series I got to see all those characters wow. before. And it was, you know, watching Wayne and Wayne at a slob, which, yeah. you know, Kathy and that. And it, it was just great seeing them. And obviously the McCann, uh, uh, Joe McCann with, with the scouts and all yeah. that. And all those characters that I got, it was just such fun. It was, and I was just yeah. a young lad then, do you know what I mean? So I knock on the door and then they answer and uh, uh, Harry Enfield answers the door and I go, all right, mate, I'm a burglar. And he goes, have you got any ID? And I pull the bag <laughs> up and says, right burglar. And nobody laughed. <laughs> nobody laughed. It's meant to be a comedy show. So I was on a bit of a back foot and afterwards he came up to me and he went, that way, mate, we'll put someone after. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. Put, we'll put a bit of candle after on it. I'm, I'm, but but yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the fact that you were with the old gits, you, your character didn't come off too well. Oh, I got <laughs> annihilated, man. Got completely <laughs> annihilated by them both. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah, a reaction character. Yeah, a whipping boy, you might say. <laughs> Moving on, then. So there was then a screenplay and a little bit of lippy. Yep. Right. Which Bernard. When I've read that, that must have been like quite sort of like a groundbreaking for the time. For, for the no, I think I think it was. I think it was a little bit before its time. Yeah, definitely. It was really lovely. It was a really well written thing. Lovely. There was a bit of comedy, a bit of light and shade in there. Um, uh, it was an interesting piece that, yeah, I had a great time in Liverpool filming that as well. Christopher right. had. We had, uh, yeah, because I'd just finished on Grange Hill. I just, my, my character just finished and then I went right. and filmed that. And then, I, no spoilers, but I came back later, as you know. And, <laughs> yeah, and after, yeah, yeah. After I just filmed that. So it was, right. a, okay. It, it, there was a bit of a, yeah, I was on a bit, I get a bit of momentum then. Okay. Um, yeah, Ken Cranham was in it as well. He was he was yeah. great fun. His character's yeah. it's great. And it's a it's a funny piece. It's yeah. a really funny piece. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good because really? you were you were one of the leads in that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, can yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so so we'll talk about Grange Hill then. Before we before we talk a lot about it, Liam, I am every time I put an, an episode of the podcast out, I will put uh, picture clues online as to who the guest is going to be. And the person that guesses correctly first if it's going to be gets to ask ask a question to the next guest. So yeah. I've got a question for you from someone called Harry Whaley. And I always feel like I'm on going live or something when I do some of this. Questions coming from Harry Whaley. Um, <laughs> And remember doing that with Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Harry's question is, he said, you know, and you've mentioned the fact that you were a fan, you, you watched Grange Hill and all that. So thinking about the character that you had of Liam, okay, he was wondering if if the character of Liam could have been in an earlier series from the first, say, 10 years, or a, 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 a storyline. Which storyline or, or series would you like like, would you have liked Liam to have been in, involved oh, with? That's the question, isn't it? Oh. And you, I, he wouldn't have had to necessarily be a, a 
I see Joe's pupil either. So. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, probably you don't. Want, I don't want to spin it from the start. Probably, but, you know, that new, that new. I guess everyone would say that just being that yeah. new show that was groundbreaking at that time, and yeah. nobody knew what it was going to do and how people were going to respond to it, and you know, would it get the marmite effect or? Yeah, because that must have been. It must have been a quite a thing. Definitely, you know, yeah. first play at the BBC for doing it to start yeah. with, and like I say, Phil Redman's a genius. Anyways, we know he's got the mildest touch with everything that he mm -hmm. does. He's always. He's always on point, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it deals with issues that, like I say, that was the, that was the beauty of it. It was a great, great entertaining drama, but it dealt with issues. And I think, yeah, probably in at the start. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. All right then. So, um, so you were in series, probably series fifteen. It was it was on air in ninety two. So you came in as Liam, um, who was a Saint Joe's pupil supposed to be 15 16 but you were about 21 22 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you felt that now before we talk about that like was that weird it was a little bit but you know i'm i'm, I'm a little fella i'm one of the little people you know yeah. and uh, so i always i had a, i had a back then not so much now i had a bit had sort of a younger younger face so i always i think that to my advantage really Right. I managed to keep working as a as a sort of playing younger parts because obviously, if you're under sixteen, you can only work so many hours as well. Right. So that's a you know that was another tick in my box because yeah. I, I could play down, I could play them younger parts, and I could get a bit more gas out of the chamber. Like you know what I mean? You could work a few <laughs> extra hours. Yeah. So that so that worked in my favour. So I was very lucky then that I could, you yeah. know, for example, Grinch, I could play a sixteen year old, fifteen, sixteen year old, and uh, yeah, and yes, yeah, so I was lucky. Did the accent come easy? Because I've got I've got to be honest, when when you first came on and started talking, and I was like, oh my god, I was not expecting that voice to come out of your mouth. Oh <laughs> mate, I'll take I'll take that as a compliment. Then I'm I mean, you know, it's called Blimey Governor. <laughs> I yeah. It was funny because when 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 I'd finished filming it, Ian Coggan used to knock about with Ian a bit. Yeah. And we flipped, we went down to where we did a charity football match down in Brighton and Hove. Uh he sorted it all out. We had a real good, a real good uh, weekend away. Yeah, and um, uh, Ray Winston was on it. He was playing with oh, us, right. and uh, and we're in the changing room before we go on to the football pitch. And he's, and he's like, "So, what's your name, man?" I said, "I'm Danny." So, what did you do then? I said, "I'm an actor." He said, "What are you working on?" I said, "I'm in Grange." He went, "What with accent?" I said, "Yeah." He said, oh, "You're a proper actor." Brilliant. So I was like, "That's my." Gotta say, yeah, you. you, you know must I mean, been... I was all right with that. You must have walked right. out with your head. Oh, man, I was, I, I, like I said, I want five foot five then, mate, or ten foot tall, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Liam was Justine Dean's boyfriend. Now, that yes. must have, you, you were, must have been the envy of so many lads up and down. Fong, fong. Because when Kevin Bishop was been on here, and when... Kevin Bishop said he he, he reckoned they must have they, they couldn't have been a lad in the country that 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 didn't fancy yeah. Justine Dean like so oh yeah she was it yeah so yeah so um as I say you came in as, as Justine Dean but not only that you were a pupil at another at another school and not yeah. not yeah. just any school like the yeah. big rival school the rivals like, yeah. Uh, St. Joseph's. The Montagues and the Capulet. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a proper Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with, with Liam was, he, he, he was a he was a hard lad. 
Pro- probably had a bit of an art of gold, but he was, yeah. you know, he, he was in as a hard lad. And in the first yeah. scene, Liam and, and we see Liam, he, he's with just, he meets Justine walking to school and Chrissy's with them as well. This is when the big, the biggest storyline Radio was doing at the time was uh, Chrissy, Chrissy's pregnancy. So Chrissy's there and she says, look, she, she knew when to make herself scarce. So she walks off down the underpass and Justine and, and Liam are walking behind. And these lads start having a go at Chrissy. And Justine says, oh, we've got to do something here. And Liam's really hesitant, obviously, because there's about 10 lads from Grey Jail and he's the only one <laughs> from St. Joe's. But in the end... Not that sh- hard, then. In the end, he, sh- he does shout at them and he gets... Ah, but not he, stupid. He gets chased <laughs> by them. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that was a bit of a sign of things to come. With, with Grangel and Chip. But what I liked about it, it didn't happen straight away. It was a, it was quite a slow build-up. Um, yeah, because Justine and Liam then met up one lunchtime and we saw a, a group, another group of lads from um, from Grangel. And they say, Justine, is he bothering you? And she's like, no, it's all right. But the lads didn't listen. They just, they still wanted to carry on. Yeah. They still wanted to have that, have a yeah. go. Um, Young peacocks. Yeah, and but Liam there, this is one where Liam does stand his ground, and there's two right. massive, there's two massive lads, and to the point where you'd, I don't even know what their character names were in it. They were huge, but and they but they were uh-huh. wearing the school uniforms. They were obviously like six forms or ex pupils or something. And Liam did stand his ground there, and you think it's about to kick off, but then Miss Janowitz comes over. And broke her up. She was the yeah. American teacher, if you remember. Yes, uh, Mar- yes, uh, yes, I do Marisa. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Marita Black. And they broke it up. And then, <laughs> then she says, because she says something like, Oh, Justine, you need to get back to school. And she goes, Oh, well, I'll just say bye to Liam. But then they start kissing. And she went, A goodbye kiss doesn't take forever. You need to get back to school. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, things like that. I, I say, No, well, is it weird? And obviously, you, you were acting, but. Rachel Roberts must have been about 17, 18. Yeah. At the time. I'm, I'm guessing she was 18 because of the scenes that you were involved. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I'd never, I've never thought about that. Yeah, I guess. No, I, don't know. I guess she was. She must have been. Yeah. About, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 17, you know, 18, yeah. Yeah. Just, um, then there's a little bit where you see. I was trying to work out why this scene was in it. Because. They're temping bowling. There's another temping bowling scene later on when all Liam meets are there. But there's this one where it's just Liam and Justine. And it's weird because nothing really happens in the scene. It's literally like I remember. a third yeah. second scene. And Liam's got a bright orange shirt, like bowling, proper bowling I remember. shirt. On. I remember doing it, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't remember. I couldn't work out if, if he was supposed to be working at the bowling alley. Or no, just, I don't think so. I think it was just a date. I think we were just on a date. Because I think, it had if to, I remember sh- rightly. I mean, I'm sure the yeah. shirt's got Liam as well on his like so maybe he was in a bowling. I, I don't know. But it was like He's like Superman, he wears his own name. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. But I was I was trying to work. I was thinking what well, there's literally no relevance for it to be there. It's literally No, I remember there. we had some fun bowling. I remember yeah. I, think, I think I think Rachel did it like she did a she got a strike, I think, at one point. I think, yeah. if I remember rightly. It's like, yeah, you're pretty good with this. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and then, again, like, the next time we see the was at the bowling alley again. And this is where it starts to come out a little bit about, like, sort of some of Liam's 
activities, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> um, because all Liam's mates were there. And Justine says, oh, do you, do you always hang around together with your mates? And then one of the lads goes, <clears throat> well, that's what gangs usually do. Yeah. And so you're starting to think there, like, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's going on? Like, um, a bit darker now. Yeah. yeah. but Because Justine couldn't believe that they used the word gang. Gangs, yeah. Because she says, aren't you, aren't you a bit old for, for, for calling yourselves a gang? Because gangs were for little kids who like knocked on old people's doors and, and, and ran, ran away off. and stuff. But Liam sort of like backs his mates up and says, well, that's what other gangs do, but not this one. And they think, so you know when when you got the part, was it was it explained to you like this is what it's going to be like? Liam's going to be this, this yeah this character like yeah there was a bit of a story arc to it uh, and it, it, the setup that that's kind of sort of Romeo and Juliet scenario and he was going to yeah. have his gang at Joseph's and then obviously the the other the other yeah the, the, the school gang shall we say is extra yeah. curricular activities <laughs> yeah. um uh, and that 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 was the story arc. Yeah, right. okay. uh, and again, it's dealing with. I mean, it's no different now. No, you know these issues are still the same. Young lads, uh, young lads, even as we know, you know, yeah. brandishing knives and stuff, and it's it it's still there. It's still yeah. it's still very relevant at kids at that age, and it's to 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 put it at the you know above the sort of parapet. There was a, was a great thing to do. Yeah, it, it's and it still is. It still has complete relevance, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. Because yeah. just Justine says to Liam, you know, what 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 does your gang do? And he just says, Well, wouldn't you like to know? And that's when, as you say, like it starts getting that little bit a bit darker and you're suspecting what 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 is it that they do? Like, you know, um, something's not quite right here. And obviously we, we you've talked about the sort of the Romeo and Juliet situation, because obviously Justine starts getting grief from the Grain Jill lot and, yeah. and Liam gets grief from St. Joe's, and there's one where yeah. Liam's waiting for Justine, and two of the lads from St. Joe's come over and start like laughing at him and saying, Oh, have you been stood up? And he's going, Oh, no, I'm, I'm waiting for Dan O'Reilly. <laughs> and, and one of the lads goes, Oh, yeah, I know who that is. That's the, blo- that's the blonde one yeah, who made yeah, the yeah. scare. <laughs> so, because they obviously knew who he was waiting for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they couldn't understand why he was getting involved with. A grain jail girl. And one of them says, Well, maybe she's a spy. And Liam was Liam was amazed that she had turned up. So he, he goes looking for it. He, he assumes she'll be in Grain Jail working on the newspaper. Unbeknownst to him, an ambulance has go goes past him that Justine's in. Uh-huh. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember this bit, but Justine had been attacked. And Liam went looking for her in the school. And he was found by Mr. Griffiths, the caretaker. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Now, everyone who's on, like, just says about George A. Cooper, who played Mr. Griffiths, like, just what an absolute legend, legend. of legend. a bloke. Legend, yeah. And, like, did you, did, did you know who he was before you worked with him? What, you mean prior to Grange Hill? Yeah. No, no. Right, okay, no. okay. But, yeah, everyone just says he was just, an absolute legend and and yeah. just a just a cracking fella. Yeah. As well. Like Great fella, yeah. And so obviously he's found him in the school. And then there's all the fallout there about Justine getting attacked and that. So Liam's obviously one of the suspects. Yes. So Mr. Griffiths and Mr. Robson 
go to go to St. Joseph's to, to try and find her. At, and at this time, some of the lads from Grange Hill had heard they were going to go to St. Joseph's and find out. And yeah, yeah. Told, Snowball effect. Yeah, they told yeah. Justine, and Justine was like, look, it wasn't it, mm. it wasn't St. Joseph's, you know. Yeah, yeah um, too late by then. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the school, but Liam didn't know what had happened to Justine because he thought he'd been stood up, he'd done that. Typical lad thing of yeah. well, I'm not I'm not ringing here. Yeah, threw his ties yeah. out the cot. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not ringing. It. Came in. Yeah, yeah. And then Liam then goes to to Grange Hill to see Justine, and the lads who he told to go and to, to go and get it, they had they'd been picking flowers from the guard at Grange Hill, and when <laughs> a lot, there's there's a cracking scene with Liam and three three of the younger lads, Jack Owen and a couple of his mates. He says to Jacko, go and get Justine D for me. He goes, well, it'll cost you. And Liam says, yes, well, it, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll cost you a clout if you don't go and tell it. Yeah. <laughs> and he hits him anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, but he ends up buying the flowers from them for Justine. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so he was a romantic. Yeah. <laughs> he was a romantic thug. He was, he was, but then obviously the uh, people he's a are complex like, character, Neil. He's yeah, a complex character. <laughs> and as Liam and Justine are walking away from the school, this is where the first real sort of gang thing happens because Ray, Nick, and Richard and some of the Granger lads were there, but so were them two lads who had yeah. the thing with from St. Joseph's. Yeah. With Liam, and that's when it first starts sort of getting a little bit edgy and a little bit uh, tasty. Yeah, and I've got to say there because everyone talks about him, but Kelly George, who played who played Ray, I, I, Ray. Yeah. Did you know Kelly before that? I kind of, kind of did, yeah. Because you know that there was uh, was it Sylvia Young's Kelly? It was wasn't it? I think, was it, think Sylvia so. Young's, or was it? I think it was it? Sylvia Young's. It was Sylvia yeah. Young's. And his dad. His dad, uh, I did a job before that up in Birmingham called YES, and his right. dad was a chaperone for one of the kids on that. Oh, I was right. just turned 17, so it was my first job that I didn't need a chaperone. So, And so I spent about six months with his dad there, and his dad right. was a cracking bloke, really. Oh, absolute cracking bloke, as is, as is, uh, as is Kelly. So we yeah. kind of knew each other anyway. So yeah. we had some fun. Yeah, man, he's, yeah, he's a good kid, Kelly. He's a great kid. And, uh, and 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 Desmond Askew as well, who was Des, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, a kid, like just a, a face of eighties television. I think with yeah. like Desmond's yeah. been on here, and I said the, the number of things I saw him in before he was in Grange Hill was just yeah, ridiculous. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? A very professional lad as well. Des, yeah. very, both of them anyway, and they were both so generous. Yeah, on that job, mate, they were so generous. I got welcomed straight away. All of them. You got welcomed yeah. straight into the family straight away. Oh, you know, even though we were like opposing characters and stuff, and it, you know, yeah. none of that. It was just, uh, it was just, yeah. yeah, they were all very, very generous and very, oh. very sort of welcoming. Yeah, it was a good, and I'm not just saying that for, you Brilliant. know, the cliche sake. It really was. It was a, it was a, they were very, very, very generous. Yeah. Tremendous. And so there's obviously that little bit of animosity then between the two sets of lads and. Uh-huh. He said he was just come to see if Justine was all right. You know, he didn't want any trouble. But to be honest, that was the start of the trouble, <laughs> yes. wasn't it then? Yeah. Because one of the St. Joe's lads said he did that some of their lads were going to go back and wreck that garden. That the yeah. flowers, like, 
Justine and Liam are walking to school the next day. And there's a lad sitting on a wall. I don't know if you remember this. It was like... Basically, again, these snippets coming back as you're oh, saying it, mate. It's almost like, like a block of flats or maisonettes or something. Yeah. And there's lads sitting on a wall. But you can't see what's... It, it's, it's like a drop. So he starts having a go and he says, oh, you're on our patch. He says that to, to Liam. Yeah. And they start yeah. arguing. And Liam pushes him off the wall. But like I say, you, you can't see, like, but you just hear like this clatter. And I just think, oh my God, like, you know when, like, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the fights and stuff, but was there much, like, health and safety going on? In, in oh, like yeah, that? I mean, I'm pretty sure there'd have been a crash mat there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, uh, it was all, it was all done to the book. Really? By the book. <laughs> and yeah, then... No school children were harmed in the making of this <laughs> It's <drama>. okay, okay. <laughs> So some of the younger St. Joe's lads did go back to the guard. Yes. To start to start smashing it up. Um, but they were chased off by Jacko and, and, and some of his mates. Uh-huh. And this led to Liam and his mates meeting up with Ray and his mates again. And it was like a proper like war council. You said West Side yeah. Story before it, about, it about, about, off, about yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. But this was massively like Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was massively like a war council. I, you know, you watch it and you think, all right, it's got to be dramatised. Uh-huh. It's got to be. But I couldn't have imagined that going on it, like, <laughs> in, in it, certainly not in the high school I went to anyway. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have been that civilised, would they? No, not at all. <laughs> um, because one of the lads who'd been wrecking the garden had his arm in a sling, and the lads were like, yeah, he did that falling over. But there's a there's a there's a brilliant bit. Obviously, Liam's at the front because Liam's like cock of the school, isn't he? He's he's, he's the big man, and he, he turns and he says, "Bring him forward." And you think, "Well, oh, yeah. what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "You look, you shouldn't be beaten up first years." But they're like, "Well, yeah." But he did it. He did it running away. He shouldn't have been here, like, because Liam says we want compensation, and you. How, what, 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 how's that going to work? You know what I mean? And <laughs> the Granger lads stand the ground, you don't give them any aim. And then there's a bit where other St. Joe's lads are picking on Granger first year girls, and one of the twins, one of the Buckfield twins, Natasha yes. Stevens, yes, um, put, pushes them off the bikes, and there's another chase. And then later on, the lads see uh, Natalie Stevens. Not knowing they were twins, and there's a and there's a bit of a chase, but then Liam comes in then and tries breaking it up, tries getting them to leave yeah. to leave well, them alone. Uh huh. And then these crazy mixed up kids. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ray sees it, and Ray starts having a go. Then assuming Liam is <clears> involved, <throat> yeah. and that then led to the massive, massive fight, the the, the, the showdown. The massive standoff. And I remember we filmed that on a Sunday morning. I remember. Right. It was so, really yeah, you, you, you need to tell me stuff about that because I've had quite a few people who were involved <clears> in that and yeah, they've yeah. all got stories about that day. Now, I'm imagining it was a little bit different for you because you were an adult. So, yeah. it would have seemed different, but do you, do you have any, anything on that one? It was a really sunny morning. I remember it was a Sunday morning and we filmed just across the road from White City Studios, I think it was, the BBC uh-huh. Studios, and a piece of, piece of like open ground there. Yeah. 
So it was a big, vast sort of open space. Do you know what I do actually remember from that? I, I got the tube, the first tube in the morning. Right. Sunday morning. <laughs> so no, it must no, it was it wasn't June, it was September time. One of those really nice September mornings, right. I think. And yeah. I was sat on the tube and I'm I'm, I'm half asleep because it's like the first tube Sunday morning. And I and I heard this buzz and I looked down, I got there was a, a wasp. I got stung by a wasp. <laughs> and I stood up on in the, in this in this tube, central line tube, and I, I could hear it and it, and, it, and I started going. <laughs> and all these people were looking like, what's, what's, what have we got here? But who's this mentalist on it? And, and it stung me right in my stomach. That was my <laughs> first memory of that day. So that, that, that gave me the, you know, I had, I had the, uh, I had the retention from that. Yeah. <laughs> I held it all in with that. So that was a, and it, yeah, it was a big, it was a bit of a rumble, wasn't it? It was a full yeah. rumble. Because it was like, yeah. people have said, you know, they bust in loads of kids. You yeah. Say, and there was just hundreds of kids. And, yeah. It was Alan like Cave. a thing from Ben Hur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Alan Alan Cave was on. Alan Cave was only like eleven or twelve, and he said he was absolutely terrified. Like, <laughs> really, was it? Oh, bless him! Genuinely terrified that wow. day. He, said, he was convinced that there was people smoking crack and all kinds there. He said. Oh, he, said he, he said. He said he was convinced. Like, I don't. Uh, I don't remember that. I, don't remember <laughs> that. I might have had a bar of Caramac, <laughs> but I don't remember any crack. So, but there was <laughs> <laughs> but there was so many people involved yeah and then yeah, it was a big it was yeah they did it was a big old uh, for that you know big old scene for that yeah yeah i mean and, and and as the fight's about to kick off justine and chrissy came in with baby jay yeah, yeah. and the three of them were able to make up this year that was it that was it fight. humanity I mean, yeah womankind <laughs> saved us again mate um and then obviously the there's, there's there's one solitary police car then turns off and everyone everyone legs it. Um, <laughs> ev everyone everyone legs it because yeah. you know they'd been there saying you know you what are you doing to think about what you're doing but then the police car comes and everyone scatters except for Justine, Chrissy, and the baby. Yeah. And that was yeah. sort of it really between like the school fights because then another storyline came in then. There'd been some sort of inkling about like gang fighting out, you know, uh -huh. in, in the area. And Liam and Justine had actually had an argument about it. She did about the Eagles and the Hawks having these gang fights. Oaks, Oaks, Oaks. And so I, I can I see that it's never left. Um, Hawk, Hawk till you Listen, die. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's hanging but, on my backside, only on the left yeah. side. <laughs> <laughs> he, Liam told Justine that he wasn't involved. The liar. He was and, a liar. And he, then was he, torn. he was torn between love and honour. Yeah. And then he gave her a token ring. Do you That's remember right. that? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't an engagement ring, but yeah. the implication... Yeah, we know what it meant. But I we think, like, obviously, with Justine being so sensible as well, she didn't want to, like... Start doing anything stupid like that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Before she, she was ne it was necessary, and then a few days later, Liam's on his bike, and two lads stopped him. Two lads stopped him, saying he was on their territory. Mm -hmm. And it, but then you know he, he shouts at them, do something about it. He smacks them both in the face, rides off on his bike, turns round, and he says the immortal line of Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
I peaked, Anna. I peaked. Oh, so, so. <laughs> Which obviously then meant it showed us that he was involved. He, he's, he's lied. In the he's, he's lied to Justine. And then the next day we see him spraying the word hawks on yeah. the wall. Yeah. He's revealed and, himself, hasn't he? Yeah. And then he was with one of his mates, but then they were fronted then by some of the eagles. But they ran off and they were chased and they actually ran through Chrissy's garden. That's right. Yes, yes. If yes. you remember that. Yes. And then, so that that night, Liam and Justine are, um, are in Chrissy's and Chrissy actually says to Liam, are you involved in that? And he says, no. No, and she's like, good. She, you know, she was. She thought she'd seen him get chased. Yes. And she was worried that he was going to be involved. Justine thought that he wasn't involved, so he he said, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not." Obviously, as you said, they're getting stuck between love and honor. Love and in honor. the mean, in the meantime, Ray was talking to his brother Kenny Denzel Kilvington. Uh huh. And he heard that there was going to be a fight between the Eagles and the Hawks, but he says to him, "The Hawks have got no chance." He said, it's like if Darlington were getting drawn away to Arsenal in the FA Cup. <laughs> he said, they've got no chance. Because that, and then that night when, when Ray, when Liam is in, Chrissy's with Justine, he says he's got to go and finish his, his homework. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And, and he rides off. And Ray finds out that the fight's happening that, that, that night. And he gets a couple of his mates in Kenny's car to go and they, they go, he, they, he said, basically, I want to go and warn Liam. Tell him he's got no chance. And then whatever he does, then, is up to him. It's it's it's, it's not my fault, then. So they go looking for a few places in Kenny's car, and then they get stuck in traffic. And Kenny tells Ray to go and find out what's happened. And obviously, Ray then finds that the traffic stopped because Liam had been it. No, spoiler alert. Done. He's done. <laughs> he's done. And 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 do you he know was what? If by a car, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, no, it was actually in the first script. I was going to be on a motorbike as well. I was like, oh, this, right, okay. I'm having this man. It's a Steve McQueen yeah. moment. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm in a collision on a motorbike. And boom! I'm out. I'm done. Right. It ended up being a BMX. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a and it was a BBC truck prop truck. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just saw the wheel. The wheel. It yeah. On the, me on me on the deck. Little bit of claret and stuff, and it came up the wheel of the, of the bike, or maybe it was even the the the, um, the cogs or something, and then it went up to the wheel of the, and it was a BBC props truck that they used for it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, so yeah, he, he, Liam had been hit, hit by a car and killed, and yeah. Now usually that would have been it for a yeah. character in Grangeville, but there was actually I don't yeah. remember there was actually two more instances. That Liam appears because one is the very next day. Justine's walking out of her house. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. She sees a lad in a Saint Joe's uniform. Yeah, and assumes just automatically it's, it's, it's Liam. And yeah, yeah. Stops and says, "All right, Justine," but then she realizes it's not him. Yes, yes. But then the next time we see him once more in series 16 and this the next next is that the next series wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. this is a first for Grangeville because he'd never yeah, done man. Anything, he'd never done anything like this mm-hmm. um, before because Liam appears as a uh, like a ghost or a, a memory yeah. or, or a dream premonition <laughs> yeah. to Justine because she's gone to spend a weekend with another lad a lad that she's yeah met. she's obviously feeling she's been feeling guilty 
about she still loved him. It's unrequited love. She loved Liam, and he yeah. loved her. You know, he loved her, and, and he came back to tell her that you know it's time to let go, Justine. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to talk about that. Like, so first of all, when they said, "Yeah, will you come back and do this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it? it did you think it? This is a bit weird, or did you just think I'm getting paid for this? Let let me go back. <laughs> no, of course, I didn't think that, Neil. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> it was a strange one. It was a really strange one, and I was like, "Well, that's yeah, that's different." Um, and I was, I was just up for a laugh. Then, do you know what I mean? I was up yeah. for it. It was like, "Come on, why not?" I, they were, it were a jolly bunch. Yeah, and I love you know I love Rachel. Rachel's ace. I did a really good time working with them on it, and and it was like. When do you get a chance to go back as a ghost? You know what yeah. I mean? It was like it was like doing stars in their eyes with all backlit. And all <laughs> yeah. You walk through it like an apparition. You know what I mean? Brilliant. Doing your bit, and then you know it was uh, it, it was very Dickensian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Christmas Carol type stuff. <laughs> and I walked through it and just went and just said to her, "It's time to let go, Justin." And get and on with your life. You know? And in, <laughs> in 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 some ways. I think you already have. He says something like that. It was like this sort of yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah. You're all right in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Giving his seal of approval. But I have to ask because you're hearing that one. It's a bit bananas in the scene. It, it's all. Is it? It, it, it. I don't know, but it looks like you have been hit by a car. Um... <laughs> yeah, maybe there was a bit of that. Maybe it's you know. As you last saw him, there's just a few bits which are just a few. It was it wasn't as clean as as as, it, as, it, it as, as, as Liam had had it in the past. No, let's shall yeah. we say like okay. So then you move on then from Grangeil and uh-huh. obviously you're you know you you carried on acting. Um, yeah, I'll be, yeah, very lucky. And yeah, and I, like I was looking, you were in sort of pretty much every sort of like British. Drama or period drama or you know things like because you did half beat and it sharp sharp was great yeah <laughs> that was it was a good that year there was a couple of really hectic years that year with soldier soldier and sharp yeah they were kind of running back to back and that the soldier soldier were a grueling shoot and right. amazing absolutely I, I, as soon as I got that I pinched myself because that was a you know that show it peaked at something like twenty six million years. yeah. You don't, you can't, you wouldn't even hear anything like that now, you know. Right. But yeah. on, a, on, a, on a, you know, now we're streaming and stuff, obviously that's a different, it's a completely different sort uh-huh. of medium now. But back then, Sky TV had only just started. So it, cable wasn't massive. Uh, so ITV, BBC, vying for their big shows. Uh-huh. You know, Tuesday night between that run up to Christmas, that side of Christmas, peak viewing times, Tuesday yeah. night, nine o'clock. And it'd peak at like 26 million viewers, man. That's that's like, you know, that that's FA Cup stuff, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a big old show and it'd already been sort of established before I went on to that. Um, and then I started on that and we went, I did a few episodes in England, in, in uh, started in Windsor Barracks. I did my basic training in about 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, that, and then uh, out to Africa for a few months, uh, <laughs> and then and then on the sharp, which I'd, I'd, I had a couple of weeks off for Christmas. Right. Uh, no, I know, I know. We came back from uh, Africa, uh, sort of September, October time, September, October, and then and then straight out. I had about like a week in England, a couple of weeks in England, and then out to Turkey to film sharp, right. and got back literally a couple of days before Christmas because we were delayed coming back. 
and then I'd like a week off at Christmas and then straight back on to the next series of Soldier Soldier. It was funny when we went, sorry, I'm digressing. And we went out to film right. Soldier Soldier in, in South Africa. Uh, Vince, Vincent Matthews. All right, uh, yeah. He'd just come back. He'd been travelling around the world and he'd been on a bit of an adventurous thing for a couple of years. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going out to Africa. I'm filming Soldier Soldier. And he went, I've got just a thing for, you, for Africa. I said, what? He said, I've got, a, I've got a survival knife here. I'm like, what? He brought it. It's like one of those Bowie things. Sorry, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're talking about this. But it was one of those. It had a handle with, with the screw top in it and then it had a fishing line in it and everything <laughs> and a compass and that. I said, Vince, mate, I'm staying at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to need it. Brilliant. <laughs> you get through customs with that anyway, but yeah, yeah, blessing, blessing. Yeah. Brilliant. Sorry, digressing. No, it's all yeah, right. Sharp, Sharp was lovely. Sharp was a great job. I loved Sharp as well. It was a real, a full-on period drama, that, wasn't yeah. it? I loved it. Leaving my costumes, I had holes in my boots and stuff. Right. So it was a real, and I learned how to shoot a musket, which was just, yeah, you know, <laughs> fantastic. I love all that stuff. We're lucky. We're very lucky. Like I say, Soldier, Soldier, I, was, I remember being in Africa, being on the back of a, a flatback, uh, Land Rover with the mounted machine gun and going like James Cagney, you know what I mean? <laughs> Pin pinching myself, going, I'm getting paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so lucky. So even at the time, I knew it was a special job. And yeah. there's some lovely, how many people went through that show? You can't even, the, the list of people that were on it. Uh, a wonderful experience. Uh, again, the cast and the crew, phenomenal. Amazing, amazing experience. I was so lucky. Because, I mean, so, the, the thing about Soldier Soldier, I, I, I didn't always watch it, I have to say. I don't think I was the demographic for it, if I'm completely no. honest. In, in yeah. 19, when I was a 21 year old lad in 1990. Well, why would you? Like, why would you? Why would you? Um, yeah. It was it, the thing about it is everyone just assumes everyone thinks Soldier Soldier, Robson and Jerome. But yeah. it wasn't, was it? Because as you say, it was on, it was like seven series or something. And, and they were only I mean, in the first three or four. Really? No, they did the, well, the first five series for them. Right. They did the first five, was it five or four? I think it was five. Right. Yes, five series they did. And it was their show, mate. They, yeah. they, you know, they, they, they were standout characters, then they made it and they were, you know, they sort of laid, laid down the foundations for everything else. And it, yeah. yeah. But there were so many people, so yeah. many people that went through that show. So many who were, you know, big, big actors now and, you know, uh, worldwide success. Uh, it was a yeah. It was, was a it? massive. Gary Love. Gary Love was, Gary in, Love it. was in it. Yeah, yeah. another yeah, uh, another, another Grangeal alumni there. Eh? <laughs> yeah, Love. yeah, yes, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Even oh. Boise was in it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> tremendous. Even Boise was in it. We stood outside his caravan, like you know, like like Waynesville going, "We're not worthy." We're yeah, not worthy. <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Lots okay. of people. Scott, Jimmy Cosmo. Uh, just, yeah, the list, oh. the list is endless. Yeah. Endless. Endless. Um, and then you did, you know, peak practice, and then you did Corrie, uh, you know, yeah. a, a northern actor being in Corrie. It's like, you, like the pinnacle, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to do that, yeah. You've got to do that, yeah. <laughs> um, and you were in that quite a bit. You were in, well, I've got dance. I did about a year on and off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Sykes. Yeah, Jimmy Sykes. Um, yeah. And then I need to talk to you about this. And you mentioned it earlier. 24 hour party, people. Oh, yeah. And you played <laughs> Sean Ryder. Now, was it easy to play him? <laughs> like... Oh, let me tell you about that one. How long have you got? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
because I was doing Coronation Street at the time, and what was interesting in that when 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 we started on that, when I got it, started filming in the in the January, and uh, so I'd, I'd work on that all week, and then I'd do some scenes. And one, I had to do a full weekend. I just or a Sunday doing all scenes for Coronation Street. So it was like the the, the sort of mad differences between you know yeah. with Winterbottom, you just Michael Winterbottom, you just put a mic on and you go out and just play. It's all improvised. And it, there's no restraints, no restrictions. And Corey's a discipline, you know what I mean? It's, it's they, they work so hard on them shows, yeah. so hard. It's it, 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 how they can get the quality out that they do at the speed that they do it. You, you've got to tip your hat to them. If, yeah. if 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 you work in that industry, you know it's a, and it's such a, a well-oiled machine. Uh-huh. The, the, there's so many parts to it, from you know the writing process, the production teams, and they've got they'll have several units working at once. So it's a, it's a it's a big and then. A, Fit that in on the side as well. So I, yeah, I went. I, I'd met Michael Winterbottom a few years before for something else. I don't know. I don't know. What happened. And then anyway, I think Gina Carter, one of the producers, and Andrew Eaton, one of the producers. I think she'd seen me in 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 Coronation Street, and I was playing a bit of a bit of a scally in that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my head shaved and all that. And I, 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 I think Gina Carter had seen that was one of the producers of Twenty Four Hour Party People. So then I got a. It was just before Christmas. Uh, and I got a call from the casting director saying uh, they'd sent me the scripts and they said, uh, is there anything that, that, that jumps out in the scripts? And obviously I'm like Sean Ryder straight away. Yeah. I was a fan of the Mondays back in the day anyway, you know, it was a, and and then I went, well, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a couple. And she went, what would I tell you? If, if, what do you say if I said we had cast Sean? Yeah, I was like, boom, come on, let's <laughs> have it. Let's have it. And so then I was invited to admit, to meet Michael in Manchester at the uh, Palace Hotel. And, I went there, went up to the suite, sat down and talked to him, just talked. We just talked about back in the day. And a friend of mine, Dean Kavanagh, who's a writer, who writes with Irving Welsh, she's got that thing on now, Crime, on, on, on TV now. So Dean Dean was a bit of a DJ back in the day and a promoter and a writer. And always, always, always a creative, you know, yeah. fascinating guy. And we used to go over to, he used to take, over, take us over to Manchester. We used to go to Eastern Block Records and Aflex Palace into the dry bar, did all that business. So I told this to Michael Winterbottom and he just went, right, you've got the job. That was it. No audition, wow. no, no, didn't listen to me sing. <laughs> Brilliant. Didn't listen to me, do it. Didn't, didn't, didn't pick a script up, just said, that's it, you've got the job. And wow. I was just like, I was like, what? And that was like one of them defining moments in your life. And then I just, I was full of joy, full of joy. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, it, then I was like, hang on a minute. Because <laughs> that's always the great part when you get a job, mate, when you've nailed it and you're like, because oh, it, it's self-affirming. And, you know, we yeah. all, I still have that. I still have, I still get the old imposter syndrome. Right. Fact, I, I, yeah, yeah, I still get, I was speaking to Stephen Graham about that. I still get that, that imposter syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you get the job and then you're like, I've got to do it now. I've got to do it now. So I've got all this climbing gear now. I've got to climb the mountain. Excuse me, but it, but it was a joy that job. Yeah. Can I ask though? Had you met Sean Ryder? No, and I still haven't. I was going to say you've met him since. I still haven't. Jordan, I nearly met him this year at Bingley, right. but by the time I by the time I got backstage, he'd 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 he'd, uh, he'd left. So I was there with Rowetta and uh, and Bez. As soon as you see him or meet up with him, it, it, it brings it all back again. Or anyone that's been on the job, it just brings it all back again. Yeah. I remember I remember starting out and doing an episode of The Bill uh-huh. and seeing a couple of the lads who worked on The Bill who'd been in Quadrophenia. 
Right. And you could tell that they had this little, like, band thing, do you know what yeah. I mean? They the, the, the shared a moment and you could tell. They had that little glint in their eye. We've yeah. got that 24-hour party, people. When I meet up with any of them boys now, we just do it like... Because, obviously, that was um, Steve Coogan. Yeah. And he played Tony Wilson. Tony Wilson. Tony Anthony H. Wilson. I mean, I don't know. How how big he was in the rest of the country, but yeah, he in Gran- massive, Granada, Granada land, he was huge. Everyone was massive, but yeah, brilliant. And then obviously Genius. Steve Coogan, he was a legend, and Steve Tony Coogan, Wilson. a legend as well. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I then, think there's a bit. I think there's a bit. Of, I think there's a bit of Tony Wilson in Partridge, mate. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I met I met Tony Wilson once, um, yeah. and. He was giving a speech to like, I don't know how many people were in this room. You know, there was 100, 200. But the, there was not a sound. No. Oh, mate, he, he, he had everyone. Oh, he had him in his hand. He had him in his hand. Completely. Un- unbe- unbelievable. Like, you know, there was, there was not a murmur. For and yeah. he spoke for ages and it was red hot. And no yeah. one was moving. No one was like trying to like sort himself. You know, like trying to yeah. cool himself. Everyone Engrossed. was... Yeah. Oh, Engrossed. And it was like that to the end, mate. It was like that to the end. He, he, yeah, an absolute pioneer. Yeah, oh, brilliant. A complete pioneer. My favourite scene in that movie, yeah, is when uh, is when uh, London Records come up to buy Factory Records, right? Uh, and and they're in the big office with the big table that they paid two hundred thousand pounds for. That's just MDF wire on it. So yeah. so and and he gets the contract off the wall and he goes, "What well, he signed in his own blood." Yeah. So I've, got, I've got the right to yeah. I've been, been, been sent for the kids uh, whenever they like and he says to it he says to him I can categorically say I never sold out because I've got nothing to sell yeah. just, <laughs> that to me is just the, the essence of factory records yeah what they were they were comp- they were complete hedonists mate yeah. and they, they were in it for that they were in it for the you know it yeah. was just yeah, amazing brilliant Patrick Tragic, right. but amazing. Yeah. And you've just mentioned Partridge there. Because you did... Is that You only did two episodes of Partridge. Now, I, I think thought, either two or three. I just minded him, mate. I minded I him. I thought you were in. And it must be because I've watched it that many times. Yeah. Like, Steve Coogan is just... He's a genius to me. Oh. Like, like I, I must have watched that series of Partridge so many times. Oh, yeah. I yeah. assumed you were in more. Yeah, but I Partridge, mean, mate. now the good thing about Partridge now he didn't have to wear prosthetics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he is that age, but he is—he is just a—he's just a genius of a man. I mean, look at the stuff he's done since as well. Yeah, I think Philomena's an amazing movie. Yeah, and his his production company, Baby Cow, has just given us so much. Um, but I just mired him. <laughs> I just mired yes. him on the job, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then and then got you know got an audition for that and. Uh, there I was on doing a bit on that, and in fact, at that time, because it would we just finished filming 24 hour, and, right. and we were doing we had a full year of doing promotions for it. And the, let's just say the parties continued, mate. Right, it, was okay. a, it was a great, it was a rip roaring time. And and so, when, when we had the premiere the year after, we had a premiere in London, and then we had a premiere in Manchester the night after. So, we <laughs> you can imagine, and yeah. then the next day, the next day, I had to get back to London to start rehearsals for, for Partridge. Now, you were in a film called Faith. Yeah, which, Faith, about the miners' strike. That's yeah. what I was going to say, yeah. So, obviously, the, the backstop there is the miners' strike. Now, yeah. was that 
particularly difficult for you to film coming from that area? Uh, in Canada, in a way, uh, I'm I'm kind of West Yorkshire, so we're just slightly right. out of the the sort right. of pits. But but my granddad, he was a Pontefract fellow, and they were, they, they, all his family were miners. And I I remember that vividly at the time, being 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 quite a, quite a thing and signing petition, uh, petitions and yeah. with, the, with the Socialist Workers Party and all that stuff. Yeah. Know, and and uh, uh, um, yeah, I remember it being a particularly hard time. Uh, um, we'd had it. We'd had a similar thing. A few, you know, maybe a decade more before. No, I remember. I was young as a kid, but with with the, with the textile industry, right? My mum were a burler and mender, and she had her own business. She had a lot of lasses working for her, and that and, and that and that went that went south because of the you know the the, uh, the obviously the wool trade completely yeah dissipated and got outsourced, and the same thing happened with the miners. So yeah, it was a. It was a difficult time, wasn't it? Then, in, yeah. In, in, and we're experiencing similar things right now. You know, not to get too political, but yeah. it was was it was a and it and it and it destroyed communities. Mm-hmm. The one good thing about where we filmed that, we filmed it at Hatfield Colliery. They've reopened that pit again. Oh, right. It's a private. Yes. I think I believe it's a private company that owns it. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the lads there that that were in that piece were ex-miners. Ah, oh, right. And I remember being being quite romantic about it when, you know, going out with them, having a good having a good crack with them, went yeah. out for a beer and, stuff and saying to them, I'd love to go down mine and do a bit. And they just went, no, mate. <laughs> we no. would not want to do that job at all. And when they explained it to me, you thought, wow, yeah, I don't think I'm Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. Well, you know, you've got, you've got to tip your hat to them boys. But yeah, yeah, that was quite a good, it was a good, good drama, that. Yeah, very good drama. Again, oh. some lovely people in it, some great people in it. Yeah, yeah, and like, like you say, you know, you you've continued to wear like you know, there's just so much. When when I went through your your sort of CV on IMDb, there was yeah. so much. And one thing I liked was um because I watched this was the street. I mean, great the, the casting that anyway was just again phenomenal. Again, and right? again Jim, Jimmy McGovern, mate, oh, yeah. absolute. Genius tip of the hat to him. Do you know where he got that story from? Go on. We 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 did like a little mini read through with the uh, with, with 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 the actors and Jimmy were there. We're there and, and we'll ask. I said, "How? Where do you get?" He said, "It because it, it's a great story. It's twins, twin brothers. One's uh, on his own, ex ex soldier, got a good army pension, uh-huh. dispensable income, nice swanky flat." Got all all the you know all the mod cons and then his brother's a bit downtrodden and he's he works uh, works uh, uh, he's a civil servant right. and he's a bit downtrodden. It's, it's he's not making ends meet because he's not getting much money and he hates his job. Uh, a bit estranged from his wife, they're drifting apart a bit. And then obviously his, his brother, he, they go to what the, the city fans and they're watching the city game round at the 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 the, the, uh, the squaddy's house in his in his swanky apartment and he chokes oh. on a on a sherbet pit and dies. So the other brother assumes his identity. Oh, wow. So the lad goes to his own funeral and watches his wife going through it. And uh, it's just a simple story, isn't it? And he, yeah. got it from a plumber in Liverpool. he got it from a plumber in Liverpool. Apparently. Wow. Just. Wow. The stories are out there, aren't they? Yeah. Wow. Because obviously, you know, I, like, I, I, was that, so that's the one. If I'm right, the cast you so you there was David Fulis was there and David Fulis Spall and Tim Spall, yeah, Mark Benton, brilliant, um, yeah, but Jack McMullen who played yeah. the lad, he was in Grange Hill. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, he, wow. he came in the little two years. <laughs> He's yeah. popping up, mate. He's he he was up. in Grange Hill as well. Listen, Grange Hill was a great training ground. Yeah. It was a fantastic training ground for the techniques of, of, of working in TV. I learned so much from it. The yeah. directors were patient. Uh, like I said, they were all very, very welcoming when you went on it. And yeah, I learned so much on that show. Brilliant. About the technical side of things, yeah. Brilliant. Now, like that, that, as I've said, there's so much on your CV, and you've worked with like so many, like you know, just phenomenal people. Do you ever get starstruck? Always, right? Always. Which, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I still can't believe it. I get complete, uh, like I say, uh, imposter syndrome all the time. Yeah. I did a movie in Ireland with Tim Robbins, you know, as in, as in, you know, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. We had to go to a meet and greet the first night, and I went, Tim, my name's Danny. He went, yeah, I know. Wow. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always. Brilliant. Always get started. Go no, on, you, you've got to get over it. You've got to, because you, you've got to work with people, do you know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, just before I move on from here, there, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. I know it was a short that you filmed called Abduction. Yes, yes. Right. Now, when, when I read that, I thought that. It was only like 16 minutes long, but when I read the synopsis on yeah. that, I thought, that, that's, that's an unreal. Can you, you explain what that was? So it's just a little sci-fi thing. You know, the lad, I've, in fact, I've seen him a day because I've had to do a self-tape for something else, and he's helped right. me with it, Adam Morrison. Right. I met Adam years back, and he and he, he always he was a bit of an amateur filmmaker. And him and his mates used to do a thing like, you know, like Jackass? He used to do these little pranks, <laughs> yeah. and he used to film them. And he showed me what he'd done, and he'd edited it. And it was, I said, "Listen, mate, you've got a, you've got an eye for this." And I, his background is his graphic design anyway, so he's pretty good with all that kind of stuff. And then he started messing about with different, you know, effects and stuff. And he showed me what he could do. I said, "Well, if you ever want to do anything, mate, let's just do it. I'll, I'll, I'll." And so we just did this, put this little thing together, me and a pal of ours, Jez, and and his sons in it. And his, his son helped me out today with this little. Uh, doing this, doing this um, self tape, and his wife's in it, and his dog's in it, yes. and then he just put it out, and it, it did all right at some film festivals. So we're actually doing another one now called uh, The Moor, right? And it's about it's about a vigilante werewolf. Oh, right, okay, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Not all everyone apart from apart from one character in it who's 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 my sidekick. You you don't feel sorry for any of them. Because right. they all deserve what they're getting. <laughs> right, okay. There's like fly. I, I'm playing a fly tipper, a builder who's a fly tipper up on the moors. There's there's a guy with a dog whose dog keeps leaving excretion everywhere, and he don't pick it up. Right. Uh, there's a property developer, uh, a greedy property sort of yuppie developer, and and, and so the the werewolf takes all them out as well. So it's a yeah. it's it's a, it's a werewolf with a conscience, with a social conscience. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Brilliant. Okay. So. Well, we are sort of coming towards the end of the interview yeah, now, Danny. Um, and I have got a few questions to ask you, but they're all about Grange Okay. Yeah. Um, so recently there's been talk of a Grange Hill movie in the way. Yes. Um, yeah. Phil yeah. Redmond writing it, Sarah Sugarman uh -huh. directing it. What do you think of the idea of a Grange Hill movie? I think it's a great idea. I think there's a there's a a, gener a couple of generations of people because it went over yeah. kind of it must have been a couple of decades, nearly thirty years. Was it? Was. it? it must yeah, have yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So there's 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 scope for it. Um, I think people would love to revisit it. Yeah, because it was such a big part 
of our childhood. It was part and part of my childhood. Like I say, when I first went to London, I, I was, you know, knocking about with these kids that I've watched yeah. on telly after school in this wonderful drama that that I got, I really got. You know, it, it meant yeah. a lot to me. It was it was something I could relate to. So, yeah. and I think, yeah, I think I think the scope for it. How they put it together, I don't know, but I'm sure they'll work their magic and, and, and you know, let's find out. It's, it's yeah. Cool. Um, it's a shame there's a couple of the guys that are not around anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Definitely. And and if you were asked, would we see a return of the ghost of Liam? <laughs> <laughs> anything's possible, I guess. <laughs> In the world of TV, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> so then, other than Liam, who was your favourite character in Grange Hill? Ooh. Hmm. My favourite character. Do you know, I've got to go with, and I will, I, I, I've got to go for George Armstrong's. Right. Alan, yeah. I loved him. The sidekick. It yeah. was he was the Robin to, to Batman, and he yeah. was a cool, and it it was just he was an absolute gent anyway, mate. Yeah, he was an absolute gent. Yeah, 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 an yeah. absolute gent. Again, it it was like it was almost like when we were at college, him and, and his brother Adam. They were like he was like George, like a big brother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he was just just a really sound guy, just yeah. an absolute gentleman, and yes. and so for that reason, I go for Alan. Okay, and if you couldn't have played Liam. Which other character would you like to have played? Oh, probably Zamo, I'd say. <laughs> I bet that's a popular one. Giving yourself that uh, that Sean Ryder training there. <laughs> you could have played Zamo. <laughs> yeah, you know, grassroots and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Okay, then, uh, Danny. So the, the final question is, why do you think there is still such affection for Granger? Because it was real, I think it it just dealt, like I say again, it dealt with the issues that, that kids were going through at that time, yeah. and it dealt with it in a really good way, and in a way that kids could relate to. Yeah, and they still can, you know. So it's it, it was relevant. It had relevance. Brilliant. It was. Uh, it was yeah. It was on point completely. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and the teachers as well. They were they were a big part of it as well. But the yeah. the stories the stories were predominantly about the kids and their lives. Yeah. And it was real. And it was real. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, listen, Danny, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we've been trying to do it for, for a while, haven't we? we, we, we oh, no, mate. Sorry. Yeah. Please, and, thank, a bit hectic, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with it tonight because... We've had massive technical issues during this one. Hey, no worries, man. No it, worries. It, it, it hasn't been the easiest one to do, shall we say? Um, <laughs> for, for that, you got to break but, a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much for coming on, giving us your experience. Yeah. It, not only of, of your time on Grange Hill, but you know other things that you've done in the industry as well. It's it's been brilliant, brilliant talking to you. Um, so once Loved again, it, mate. once again, thanks very much. Sam Daniel, thank you. Thank you very much. And to anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. Bye now.